What is up, motherfuckers? Welcome to episode three of SM Underground with Scribble and Mad Max. So, this is actually kind of a bonus episode. We'll be dropping two this week. And basically, the reason we're doing that is the quality of this episode is also down. So, we brought in the producer D Rotten, and this motherfucker, shout out to D, I love you, but this was dumb as shit, decided to play a bunch of like pop beats in the background while we were recording this live. So there was no way to take it out or anything. So I had to go in and and edit a bit and uh, add the songs in that we were listening to. But it's a dope episode. You can pretty much hear everything loud and clear. Like I said in episode two, we finally figured this shit out. And it's sounding crisp and clear. So we will also be dropping another episode tomorrow, which is Heavy Metal Beef Tracks. So it's going to be interesting. Be sure to leave a five-star review and peep this episode. Famcast Media, bitch. Welcome to the S and M podcast. Squibble and Mad Max. Not my bad, keep my circle tight Spitting up that verbal light To shed upon the vagabond Who's searching for some more to life Black. Now approaches the wandering Jew I'm taking some bumps and lacing some blunts And I'm just smoking this sauntering Go! What it do, what's uh, what's good This is Underground, S&M S&M Underground Whatever the fuck it actually is Because I'm not actually looking at the The text at the moment What's good, I'm Mad Max We got we got big scribs, scribble uh, going in here with me. We got uh, D uh, on the boards. This is D, D Rotten doing the damn. That's right. That's right. We upgraded our whole game and got a motherfucking producer. Third episode, bitches. What? Yeah, no, I'm saying we're trying to make a, we're trying to make a solid progression. Soon enough, we'll be recording on actual microphones. <laughs> but we are definitely. I mean, hey, listen. The way that I look at it, bro, I just seen some shit. I didn't actually, and I should have, but I didn't look up his numbers. But I saw a kid, uh, no jumper, because I, again, I follow them on Instagram and they post all the time. So I see some shit occasionally and there was a kid, I can't remember his name. He has been recording music on his phone. He's recording raps on his phone and the viral video is showing is him showing people him doing that. And so I didn't look up his numbers. Like I didn't see how many people are listening to him. But that to me, People are more interested, I think, at this point in what you're actually doing, and there's not as many audio files. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I definitely think that it's like the, the the market, the network, whatever you want to call it, is becoming this place where it just you just make whatever, and if people like it, they like it, and if they don't, they don't. And it's like it is good to have shit at those higher levels, but. I've been told that you can take a microphone that costs $500 and use programs to make that microphone emulate a microphone that's worth $20,000. Yeah, dude, none of that shit matters no more. It's like when I was saying, you know, when motherfuckers tell me, oh, I can't record right now because I have to pay for studio time. Yeah, or, that is kind of an answer. Or I have to, uh, I'm saving up, I'm building a giant studio in my house and I have to spend $20,000. It's like, you are mentally retarded. This is 2023, you don't have to do any of that. Now, you wanna know what? I think that at the very least, I think the distinction is that if all you're doing is recording vocals, Uh or even to a certain extent making beats, you know what I mean? Like, 
yes, granted, when it comes to making beats and engineering and shit, having racks and having this and that is helpful, but one, I think you can mostly get that shit preloaded on your computer now, but more than that, I think just because if you already have the skill level to need a $20,000 studio, you'd really think, you'd think that you're that you have that problem. That's the problem. A lot of these people that I'm talking to have been rapping for two years. Yeah, which is, that's, yeah, that's silly to me. Like, I, the idea that, we've talked about this before, the, the cost of entry is so low now that anybody can fucking do it. It's just a matter of wanting to do it. But then obviously as you get further in, you start to need more, but that's, uh, that's a whole other episode. Well, I guarantee, I guarantee, I guarantee, that's a whole other episode, bro. I guarantee you, uh, more than half the albums that we're talking about today were made for dirt ass cheap money. I wouldn't, you know what? With a good amount of them, I believe that that's true. Just knowing that the way that these guys did this stuff, it's like you could justify certain expenditure. Like, you know, they could say it cost a certain amount, but having been involved in the game like we have, I think we already know. Beats really only cost as much as the dude making them for you is charging you. That's yeah. really all that comes down to. And at that point, it's kind of like, what's your relationship with them based on getting admitted? Because I'm sure that there have been some great out. You know, I don't know the behind the scenes on everything. I'm sure there have been some great albums made where somebody just paid this producer or whoever a fuck ton of money and said, make this shit with them and make it good. And yeah. then, you know, I'm sure there have been some great albums made that way. But I think that. Well, with producers, you're really paying for the name. If, if if you're. Oh yeah, for sure. If your guy isn't a big, that's kind of the beautiful thing about being able to make music so cheap and shit, is yeah. you can find one of the illest producers ever on YouTube, and his beats have three views, and they're incredible. Yeah. You can, no, it, you, it, you, it, you it happens. Like, it's weird. You could be like, yo, let's fucking work, work this out financially. And we'll fucking both use this. I want to know what I think they're probably again. It just I think it depends on a the rapport that you have with somebody, but also to a certain extent what your legal situation is, so to speak. In so much as like who are you allowed to record with? When are you allowed to record? Because if you're not fully independent and you're signed to somebody, these things come up. So like at that point, I think. It comes down to like when you have rapport with the you know the people that you're working with. I feel like the work is much more solid in the end. With like not for nothing, I feel like that's probably a big reason why um, I think it was a brand you can trust was the first one they did. Uh, La Coca Nostra. I remember watching an interview or reading an interview or something, and they were talking about how. This wasn't going to be like sending vocals back and forth over the web or whatever. Like, we're just going to do these sessions, everybody together, and then that's how we're going to do it. And, yeah. you know, as the legend goes, as far as I know, that's how it went down. And I definitely think that there is something to be said about that when you have, like, because again, that means they have, you're actually building rapport with the producer in the studio and with your fam in the studio making the music like that's an interesting thing for me like i've a lot of the music that i've made has just been you know taking beats coming up with ideas making songs bringing to the studio you know like the idea that so much music is made where people just go into the studio and like all right let's start from 
silence. Let's start with it. You know, let's make a beat and then go from there and then build the song on it like that. Like that is definitely, uh, you know, the level of expenditure is different though. But I guess that is uh, the uh, beauty of having it to yourself where when you do it, you know, in your home, that you are able to explore that a little bit more. I, you know, I wish that I had somebody to kind of like show me the ropes on making beats so I could figure it out myself. Cause I, I, I have good rhythm and I enjoy that shit, but I know that the technical aspects of it require a certain amount of know-how that I just kind of don't have. It's, it's, it's like, you know, why did we start rapping? We started rapping because all we needed was our voice. You know what I mean? I, I tried to play guitar right. for a little bit. You know what I, I mean? And I just I didn't I didn't have the patience. I didn't have the patience for guitar. I, I did not I do not have the patience to fucking at thirty years old learn how to make beats. Facts. I mean that is <laughs> I feel like I feel like I would collaborate well on beats, like making them with somebody who knew what they were doing. But on my own That's a whole other episode, bro. No facts. Well, so you want to know what to that end? Let's uh, let's start to break into the breadth and width of this episode, because I mean we can uh, we can chop it down a little bit at the end. You know, there's not really too much to promote right now on my side, at least. So, yeah. you know, we can uh, we can do that towards the end. But so, how do you want to do this? You want to go just straight top to bottom for one than the other, or do you want to go my ten? Yeah, yeah we'll go. We'll go. Uh, you know, I'll do my ten. You do your ten, and we'll count it up to one. All right. Now, um, okay. So, well, so are you saying you want to go like you do your ten, I do my ten, back and forth? Yeah. All right, bet. No, I'm with that. Um, hopefully, it doesn't freeze my face out when I get the uh, the list. I don't have it written down. I have it in my notes, but. Um, I remember most of it, so I'll get a good look at it. I know what my first one is for sure, though. So you can uh, let the the first one, number one, was easy for me. It's yeah, like no, you know, same, same. Um, so these are basically the albums. These aren't the greatest hip hop albums of all time. It's not what other people consider the right. greatest of all time. These are what influenced us. What made us go, oh shit, yeah. It's gonna and it's gonna be a varied list. It's gonna be a very varied list on my side. Although I do know, I do know that at least there is going to be one album that we share in common. I know that there's at least one. Okay. So there is that. But uh, all right. So no, let's break right into it. You uh, you, you tell me your first, uh, your number ten, and then I'll give you mine. All right. Well, my number ten. Um for the listeners, if you, you, I believe it was the first or, or the second episode, I talked about uh, being a Christian rapper when I was a teenager, and uh, I got I got into a lot of hip hop through Christian hip hop, um, which people may find odd, but there's a lot of really dope fucking spitters in Christian hip hop, and just because they're oh, Christian yeah. doesn't mean they have to be soft or whack or corny or any of that shit. Um, so you my number ten. I just want to just interject real quick. Yeah. I think that one of the reasons why Christian rappers would be dope is because if you're Christian, that means you're going to a lot of church. And if you're going to a lot of church, then you get a lot of music in your life. And so I could definitely see Christian rappers. And you're also listening to the priest going through verse all the time. So like all those things together, I definitely well, could I mean, see there being some solid Christian spinners. And one thing I noticed about my list, and and this is crazy because I never looked at it this way, but look, making this list, I realized all my shit 
is from the late 90s, early 2000s. So it was all when I was a little kid till when I was, you know, 12, 13. I'll have to take a look at the, when I, because again, I broke them all down and I know that my, my 10 is solid, but uh, I need to look at the order again. Because um, again, I know my number 10 for sure, but I can't remember exactly what I put at number nine. So, um, okay. no, you so, so, so what is your, so uh, obviously it's a Christian rapper, Christian, you know, Christian act. So uh, what album was that? It's a Christian rapper by the name of Play-Doh. Play-Doh, okay. And the album is Don't Drink the Water from 2006 now now d okay. now d i need you to pull up on youtube plato the song tip your hat and we're gonna listen to a little bit of that all right um but but basically so plato is one of these guys he was i discovered him through he was on every christian rapper's album because he was that dope like he was the guy the real underground spitter that all the christian rappers wanted to get on a track so right. if you if you literally go look up Plato's discography, he's got he's only got like three four albums. But if you look at his feature list, it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Right. And a lot of them are like big name Christian rappers. You know what I mean? Because no he was just that underground. So when I heard him, I was it had to be two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six. I was thirteen, you know, middle school, and I heard this guy, and it flipped my whole shit, man, because. He was talking about banging it out, banging out your cassette. And he was talking about tape decks and eight tracks. And like, I don't know what it was about that, but it just fucking hit. It, it, it felt so authentically hip hop to me. I mean, that, it, it, that about sounds that. very hip hop. I mean, that was the that was definitely the steez of the old days. The, uh, you know, the, the boom bap with the fucking ghetto blaster and shit. That yeah, was definitely he actually has a song. The, the final song on Don't Drink the Water is called Ghetto Blaster. Right, and right, it's, right. It's, it's that whole vibe, bro. And and he made a name for himself through, you know, groups like uh, Phonetic Composition and um, Deep Space Five, which is like an underground Christian super group. They're, they're like the La Coca Nostra of Christian hip hop. Yeah. Like that's, uh, uh, that, that, that's an interesting correlation to me. <laughs> but I, now I can now I can fuck with that. Did you do uh, D got the uh, you got that queued up? I can't even find this kid, bro. Play-Doh. How, how are you spelling Play-Doh? Pull it up. Let me see. The P L A Y D O, right? Play-Doh. P L A Y D O U G H, like dough, like making dough. I would have thought the same shit, just to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's a typical MC shit. I got money to play with. You know what, what I mean? Play what dough. What are we looking for? Oh, tip your hat. Here we tip go. Tip your hat. Hold on, man. All right. I love this fucking album. That I'm rapping slang and shows banging the feedback. So put your hands down, people just sit down. Nobody yell, no one tell me to get down. This is for respect, better check my mic check. The paper's thanking me for raps I ain't even right yet. So save your cliches and wait for DJs who only spin compact discs. The hat fits, you should wear it. Tip it to the side of your brass. Say, holy cow, don't know how Plato's rocking it now. I got the know how, I can slow down if need be. Believe me, I can make this junk see me see, but it ain't. Trust that I bust with. 
with dopeness. Hope for the hopeless. The person who wrote this is ready for it here. Steady for a year. Paid in respect, and I'm waiting till the check. Nobody stand up. Just tip your hat. Don't throw your hands up. Just tip your hat. Nobody say ho. Just tip your hat. Just pull it way low. Just tip your hat. Nobody stand up. Just tip your hat. Don't throw your hands up. Just tip your hat. Nobody say ho. Just tip your hat. Man, this is play though. Suckers can't get with that. Yo, come grab a hold with it. Fill up your soul with it. Tip hop. You can rock. I like the dude's flow. I like his uh, delivery. And his lyrics were definitely sound. That was, uh, I could fucks with that. So when did that come out? That was 2006, and the reason oh, shit, that, that the reason that made my list is because in 2008, um, if you listen to, if you listen to my shit from 2008, uh, when I was in a freshman in high school or maybe a sophomore, I was trying so hard to sound like Plato. It's ridiculous right. and it's fucking awful. So that's my number ten, Plato. Don't drink the water. All right. Well, let me just. Okay, so my number 10, I had to put it in it, it just in my 10 most influential because it's the first hip-hop album that I ever owned. Excuse me. I remember I used to bang this shit on my little um, twin cassette deck. It was just, you know, a little fucking, you know, I nothing, had one of those. you know, nothing crazy, but, you know. It was the common fare for the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. And fucking the album that I picked, I this just shows that I was around a little bit of rap at the time. It is, my number 10 album is Rex and Effects, uh, Hard or Smooth. And okay. so the reason for that is because I don't know who actually gave it to me. All I know was that all I want to do is zoom, 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 and you boom, boom, just shake your up. That shit was on fire that summer. That was like the track. And so fucking, which I thought that for a while, because Dave Chappelle makes a joke about that song. I thought that Rex and Effects might have been like a prequel to DOS Effects. I'm not sure if that's the case. But I also wanted to pick this album because I, you know, I didn't get a chance to go all the way back through it, but there was one track that always stood out other than um, Rump Shaker, which was um, Easy Come, Easy Go, What Goes Up Must Come Down. And that was, I just remember the hook and it was like a real chill song. And again, I don't know exactly why I had that album. Somebody must have given it to me because I for fucking sure would never have asked Will somebody the first, I'll give you this the first song I ever remember liking as a kid was Opposites Attract because of the cartoon Wolf in the fucking video with Paul Abdul okay but, no I, I will say that album was very like B you want to pull up the song the rum, the rum Shaker you want to know what I would say if you can find Easy Come Easy Go instead because everybody knows Rum Shaker even people that don't know Rum Shaker know Rum Shaker yeah, but that's the um, only what, one I know. What goes up must come down. Um, is I, I think is the other name for it. But I just remember I had the whole album and I listened to the whole album. That's how I know that song. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure what goes up must come down was the last song on the cassette, and or maybe it was the last song on one side. Either way, I just I remember having that album, listening to it a lot, and just like. 
I was obviously because I didn't know Rex and Effects. It was just oh, this is a hip hop album, so I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen to a bunch of. It. So Rex and Effect. It's not Rex and Effects. I thought it was Rex and Effects. That's what I thought. Common mistake. Which I suppose is fair. I totally knew. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, let's hear this. What goes up must come down. Easy come, easy go. What goes up must come down. Easy come, easy go. What goes up must come down. Easy come, easy go. What goes up must come down. Easy come, easy go. Up and down, up and down, that's what it's all about Now good and bad times are coming and going like rhymes A pocket full of dough, you're fattening them because you're platinum Everything is rough from kicks to clothes to cost to cash Not respect those bluff, you ain't tough Living unaware, the flip side is rough Willing to snuff anyone who falls victim Strip them of their fortune and spend the habit Kick them, treating out before it wasn't thought about Never had a job, any little bit is clout Wreck your company, you savvy as can be until the album drops And your smash hits the scene People at the company won't even grin no more Instead they bend so you can kiss where it is Your well ran dry, you can't sum a fraction Here's what it's called, elevator action What goes up, must come down Easy come, easy go What goes up, must come down Easy come, The fact that it sounds like that is just oh man, I I was clearly... I, I love that whole vibe of that beat. It's uh, the the flow oh, is my so Lord. early nineties oh, though. It's so great. Ahead, and to me, so ahead of its time because he was just fucking dancing on that rhythm, bro. Like just you know, quick little double times and shit. Like every rapper in the early nineties knew how to be right in pocket, nice and snuggly in there. Oh no, for sure. Oh, absolutely. 100% on that. So, I and you want to know what? I, like, that 90s style, I really do think, like, it's kind of funny because, in a way, like, pop shit now, like, pop rap, is a new version of that same, like, repetitive, kind of, like, keep the flow constant through the verse type shit. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more of that going on. It's just they're kind of singing it now, and they kind of like merged R and B and rap. Like there's, yeah. there's yeah, many... yeah, it's a very not not a huge. I mean, there's a huge difference between the two, but it's oh, they're great. Both oh, oh, a thousand percent. Which, by yeah. the way, I will say, for me, that's where my number nine comes in because it's. To me, all about lyricism, pretty much at all times. Like, even if your shit is like goofy and ridiculous, can you still yeah. ride a flow? And are you at least moderately clever? So, yeah, like like, like Bismarcky, bro. Like Bismarcky wasn't a lyrical fucking genius, but the way he wrote a beat and his oh, yeah. content was entertaining. Oh yeah, Violent J. You want to know what? Who what now? I'm saying, I was saying Violent J's the same way too Well you want to know what It is ironic as fuck that you would say that Because again my number nine That's I you know we can do it like that I'll do my number nine now Number nine, okay. so number eight But so My number nine Is Violent J but it is also Madrox Monoxide Shaggy and Blaze And it is the Opaque Brotherhood And the reason why I chose the Opaque Brotherhood is because that to me is the definitive Dark Lotus album 
But most Juggalos will tell you that they think the best Dark Lotus album, or I think that generally speaking, most would say that their favorite is uh, Tales from the Lotus Pod, which is the first Dark Lotus album. Which for a long time I would have agreed with, although I think I might, I don't know, I might be in a minority where I prefer the, uh, the version with Mars, uh, with a Z, not Mad Insanity Mars, obviously, but um, I don't even know what the fuck he does now. He has me blocked on Facebook. Um, that Mars, um, I actually prefer that version because the I just vastly prefer Mars's lyrics to ABK's on that album what i will say about abk to give abk his fair shake is that black rain is a great album black rain is a classic dark lotus album and nobody can say that it's not a good album in my opinion and abk very much plays his part on that album and i think he did a great job but okay so this is dark lotus yes what, what, what's, what's yeah, to me, dark, dark lotus was influential and and really important to me because i'm a juggalo and that was our version really of la Nostra in the sense of this was just this group of rappers doing concept tracks like in a way it was like a precursor to things that would evolve beyond it like you know you like you have your snow goons your armies and the pharaohs things like that where like groups of rappers coming together and doing shit but again, as a juggalo, which I unabashedly am, that was a really pivotal moment in the sense of like, they all been making their music and now they're gonna come together and make this just crazy shit. Which again, having been there when Dark Lotus first came out, going to the, you know, seeing Lotus in concert, like in fucking, what was that, 2001, 2002 maybe, um, it was a pretty crazy experience and with that said i really do believe and it's unfortunate that i ended up getting sick and not being able to see the set but the opaque brotherhood a thousand percent to me is the most complete from back to front dark lotus album because there's nothing changed it you know they didn't have to get somebody else to do love versus um there's five members because there was the six members on uh the original and then six members in uh black rain lotus and then they felt you know abk somehow fell out for a time and then the last two albums that they did which was Big brotherhood and then in my opinion the far uh less acclaimed mud water air and blood a uh, good album in its own right but just not opaque brotherhood and so Opaque Brotherhood has this flow of just, I was told it's meant to like, kind of, not mirror, but it, you know, you take it through an acid trip. That's apparently how the album is meant to be listened to. I haven't done it that way yet. Well, let's but, listen Let's listen to a song from it. What song are we going to listen to? If we're going to do that, then I think you should put on Heinous because to me, Heinous is like the perfect horrorcore song in a lot of ways. And if not that, can you keep a secret? But I think Heinous is... So Dark Lotus is another one of these like super groups in the Juggalo world. Like I've never, I've never listened to a... The super group. 
Well, so, I mean, it was the, cause again, for the time that it happened, you know, when they did Dark Lotus, because that was, if I recall correctly, yeah, that was when I was in high school. So that was like 2001, two, three, something like that. So, you know, obviously it's not the first time, you know, a group has, you know, made a fucking album together, but again i'm just i'm just trying to clarify because there's like a million icp got you know all these different groups where it's just them and twisted with one nah, other but this this is the super group there but i'm saying and then they got another group with twisted and one different person so they name it something totally different the well, no, i don't think they ever did another actual group with twisted i think that you know, they featured a lot. They did the Psychopathics from Outer Space albums, which those were like Psychopathic Riders, another group with all them. Okay, well, yes, but so Psychopathic Riders, what Riders was supposed to be, was gangster shit, just straight up gangster lyrics over mainstream beats. And they literally used to say this out loud all the time. There was any Psychopathic Riders album was put out on what's known as Joe and Joey Records. And they did that. Get the hell out of my They did that because Joe and Joey Records, they would just fold immediately if they ever got in trouble. They would just dissolve the company. Like, oh, yeah, fine. We don't exist anymore. Bye. And uh, I don't know if that ever ended up happening, but they also, you know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard him. I've heard him tell that story. But so, case in point, Riders was meant to be like their outlet for just spitting straight up gangster shit. Like, yeah. I remember, like, when they did Riding Dirt, hey, fucking Jay is talking about, and I've never heard blood, Blood's called Hogs, so I don't know what he was talking about, but he said, stomping on crabs, crushing on hogs, can't I did run from a rotted dog, I don't respect your set, fuck your hood, fuck your baby mama and you know that I could, fucking... It doesn't make a great case for their we're not a gang thing. Oh, well, first of all, let's not even go there because the song Gang Related exists. We don't even have yeah, to go there. Oh, we, we got to listen to Dark Lotus. To D, pull yeah, that up. No, I'm saying. I was waiting for him to pull it up. East. Step one, two, across the creaky floor Spill some fucking blood and I'm out the back door Taking little trinkets, fingernails and pieces of skin And follow my rituals of goat milk mixed with gin Stir it together, go it down my eyes, roll back I'm chasing that dragon, but it's more like a hatchet attack I'm peeking through windows, picking out the next clueless one My fingers digging to a throat, what have I done? I sleep on a band of serpent nights and toss and turn it till I bleed I eat when a brand of chosen life a thousand ghosts alive in me Wickedly I'm heinous, everything I do is bogeyous I'm tired of the normalcy, total terror's my focus I notice that the night wounds are spelling out a name To the average motherfucker can be a little extreme So I take the bloody goals and undernight it for an emphasis Try to call me sick but I'm seeing a horror specialist So you wanna murder this show? Shaggy is always off time, but he's so lovable that it's like, fuck well, yeah. You know what? Okay, so here's my thing. There was a time back in the day, as a lyrical motherfucker or whatever, that I used to be very critical of the way Shaggy rapped, but 
Shaggy's style has gone in so many different directions over the years. There are some songs where lyrically he is he fucking annihilates shit. Well, especially especially these days. I think oh, I oh, think no. Shaggy is, is the he's definitely oh he's refined his style a lot over the years. But again, to me, I think of it where like 2004 is when Hell's Pit came out, and he's got so on that album straight up like um, 24. Oh, he kills his shit on that album. I'd have to I'd go have back to and fucking I'd have to go. out on the grass and burn holes in his face with a magnifying glass. Yo, he killed that shit. But yo, again, to me, that album was the definitive, purest fucking offering of Dark Lotus. And that was a huge part of my upcome, you know, my upbringing, lyrically, yeah. so to speak. So, I mean, you've seen that fucking, I, I haven't listened to that song in who knows how long. Still knew all the fucking words. But, uh, so no, let's, uh, let's keep it moving. You are sideways now. Um, let's fucking, uh, let's get I had to, to I had to, number nine. I, I had to I'm going to be real with you. I think this, uh, I think this episode is going to go a little bit longer than an hour, but that's okay. I had to plug my phone in, and it, uh, I got to turn it sideways, so that's what No, I got you. Hey, uh, hey, it's all good. I ain't even tripping. It is all to so, so my number nine is a group that I heard, um, and it was another one of those cases where I heard it, and I'm like, I have to be this. Uh, just like Play-Doh, when I heard Play-Doh, I'm like, I have to be Play-Doh. You know, this is the early stages of becoming a fucking MC. You know what I mean? Where, where you start to imitate... You know, you're more imitation than creating your own thing out of it. And that oh, becomes... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. My number nine is a duo from Minnesota, Atmosphere. And I, I don't know what. I got an Atmosphere album, too. But you go ahead. I'll, uh, we'll see the which album, one. The album is Overcast. The debut album from Atmosphere. Okay, and, word. That is, and, that is not the one that I picked, but that is a very good atmosphere album for sure. D, pull up Atmosphere 1597. Um, Slug is, first of all, if there's any if there's any pussy in underground hip-hop, they're all at the Slug show. They're all at the Atmosphere show. Every single motherfucking one of them. So um, supposedly, a chick that worked at the high school that I went to in uh, Colorado uh, said that she knew him and grew up with him because she was from that area and fucking like she always used to see him get mobbed by bitches at shows and just like shit and i don't know what to tell you but but here's the thing he's not he doesn't seem like a dick you know what i mean where he's like uh, one of those good looking dudes who's just like other dudes don't want to hang him around him because he's a fucking asshole he seems <laughs> like he seems like the coolest motherfucker on the planet he is one of the greatest storytellers in hip hop. Oh, I mean, every oh, single, every That's single, a- every single song is a fucking well-told, amazing, put-together story with Ant on the fucking beats and Slug. Oh, it's I'll a- tell you right now. Um, excuse me, like uh, Slug for sure is, in my opinion, top ten lyricists of all time, and I say that in a sense of like. He's a writer who writes shit on the level of like, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, on the level of Shakespeare. His one lyric, atmosphere, just a ten-letter word, discretion, discretion is the name of my cement feather bird. 
And if right you there, hear, then fuck whatever's heard. Looks like you got the sickness. I suggest you get a cure. Caught up in a mix of a bottle full of things. I'm a hobble down the street till I reach my creek. It's not that I don't like you. I just don't want to speak to fucking freak. I keep your days out my week. You know what the funny part is? That song's not even on either of the albums that we're fucking talking about. I know. Because <laughs> mine, I'm going to be real with you. I picked this album because I remember listening to it so much in high school that I know it fucking shaped my. I have opinion. an idea. I, I have an idea of what it is. But but what? D, let's play play fifteen ninety seven. I the I just want to say, I don't actually remember what songs are on that album. If I listen to it, I know I'll remember them. But I only remember one line from what was a. I, we'll, I'll talk about it later. Henceforth, step within my psychoanalysis. Calluses upon my mind make me strain for my lines. Out I ripped it, squeezed the brain, it made some liquid. Drained it in the cup and then I sipped it. Atmosphere, the mic let me clutch it. Thoughts take flight, so fit the slug in your pipe and take a puff, kid. Fuck it, I eat it like a teapot. Steam hop upon the roof, shoot a marble with the verbal slingshot. Take aim, here I came, I'm the same Back in 86, I'd have tagged my name upon your window pane Stained the mind, the deep shade of residue Voices within the head make choices multiple Multiply, spawn, slug a little buzz And atmosphere the scuds, cause here comes the judge Blast it, pass the kid a mic so we can paint this Image of the gifted anxious to flip the language It's the now meltdown from the outer shell Now smell the burning flesh fresh from the hellbound and hey, come on down here, this my path. I'm half mathematic, atmospheric staff with the rhyme crap. Come in and capture your after laughter while I'm hanging from this rafter. I have to rip this rapture, cause the cramps in my stomach dismantle when I tamper with your amplifier. You damn, you die. Why try? Slug for sure, like, he would, that, that's why he was such a big part of my come up, and that's why he has an album on my 10, because, like, his ability to fucking put lyrics together and like his like rhyme schemes. This, and motherfucker, this, this motherfucker just started oh a song God. with. This motherfucker just started a song with henceforth. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like again, the man has a level of command of the English language that I think is on the level of any number of different fucking writers over the years. I think that rappers don't get their credit as writers, specifically. Like, that's why Kendrick Lamar got a fucking Pulitzer, right? You know what I'm saying? Because of yeah, what he's Yeah, which really the slug should have gotten that. I mean, I don't know if he was in the running for it. He was probably <laughs> Of course he wasn't, because he's underground. No one gives a fuck. Busy fucking groupies and all right. What what is your what what is your number yeah, eight? Oh, are we gonna? I thought that we were gonna ping pong that. All right, no, I'll do that. Um, so my number eight actually again is because I remember listening to this album a ton right around the same time that I found a lot of heavy metal, ICP, and I think probably around the time Slipknot came out, roughly. But the album that I picked was. Vanilla Ice is hard to swallow. Oh shit! <laughs> no bullshit. Like I'll tell you wow. right now, I listen to that song. I listen to that album a lot. Like a lot, a lot. I like. You know, hold up, hold up. You know, have you ever heard Bipolar, the next album? I don't know that I did. I don't it's think better. I ever did hear that one. 
It's even better. He screams his fucking ass off on it. Well, you want to hear some shit. So, as you may or may not know, Vanilla Ice, technically speaking, because he was never kicked off, is signed to Psychopathic Records. But, so, at the gathering back in the day, he always used to play, like, three, four years in a row. And twice I seen him, and he had this crazy fucking drummer that could, like, slip up his stick and fucking, kind of like how Mushroom Head does it. But, like... He was good on stage. He was real fucking solid. He's dude, dude, and and what's funny is, you know, he's the most hated artist in hip hop ever, and he is literally, if you, you know, like all the bullshit that the label put him through, making his fake bio and all this shit. When you really look into it, he was really out there with the all black audience. He was really out there. Dude, he got stabbed. Like, he's got more street cred oh, than yeah. fucking Robert. The fact that fucking, look, let me tell you something right now. The way that I see it, where is Suge Knight right now? Exactly. Surprise, motherfucker. The fact that, no, on some real ass shit, people want to make fun of Vanilla Ice. Like, oh, he did. Fucking Suge Knight was a gangster. And every once in a while, when you deal with gangsters, if that's how it's going to be, then, like, fuck, what are you supposed to do? I mean, shit, what, are you going to be the dude that tries to fucking fight back against Suge Knight and then actually get thrown off the fucking balcony? Like, <laughs> But I will say this about Vanilla Ice. He needs to fucking make up his mind about what really happened because this motherfucker is telling a different story in every interview. Oh, well, you want to know what? I think that at a certain point, no bullshit, that's one of these events in hip-hop history where genuinely myth-building. You can say whatever the fuck you want, you can never prove it. You can never prove it. Well, uh, his biggest lie that I like is that he says he was 16 when he did Ice Ice Baby, and we literally have Wikipedia. We know how old you were when the shit came out, bro. Ah, you want to know what? He also might be fucking high. Look at that. <laughs> He's well, no, but he's also been busy doing fucking, you know, home restorations. Did you know? Did you know that? Did you know he was pissed off at Kid Rock back when Kid Rock was a straight rapper because he got Kid Rock got signed to Jive, and that was, you know, that's the big fucking label everyone wanted to be a part of. You know what I mean? And and Vanilla Ice was pissed for years about that because he got signed to Itchy Bond, which was some like label of a label of a label. Right, right, right. But hey, that's a good one. What what song do you want to listen to? I, I know that. So I'll you want to know what the the only I can't remember. There was the fucking too cold was the ice ice baby remix. But fucking you know what? Fuck it, play that one. Too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold. He also tried saying he'd never heard of Limp Bizkit and Corn. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Come on. Kind of bullshit. We all know that.
Vanilla Ice, yo, I got mad respect for the underdog. You know what I mean? And but he was never Ice, everyone that's ever met him says he is uh, so fucking cool, and he's not at all what people think he is. I um, believe that's true. I will just say, and not because I think that they're similar, but because I was just thinking of this earlier, is apparently... Oh, wait, you're the one who told me this. Apparently, people would say the same thing about Phil Anselmo. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That he is not the uh, he is not what you would be led to believe. Exactly. But, uh, all right. Um, my number eight is... I mean, I could have put two other albums on my top ten by this dude. Um, Cannabis, 2000 BC. Okay, hold on, let me see. My that's my number seven. Oh shit! No bullshit. Nah, cause you wanna know what? That was an album where, first of all, the dude that I like really took some took a lot of time in high school. That he like kind of showed me how to rap originally. His name is Rashid, real good friend of mine. He's in the military now. Fucking. That was the album that we communed over at first because Buckingham Palace was some of the dopest shit I had ever heard in my entire life when I heard that shit. And just the rest of the album is so dope. Like, and not for nothing, he was talking on that crazy conspiracy shit before anybody was saying it. Yeah, that's, that's how he got a reputation of being like crazy. Being yeah. a fucking oh, crazy, so, not just his rhymes talking about alien abductions or fucking, right. you know, like, but he was also going on interviews and he was burning bridges and he was doing crazy shit oh, to, yeah. to gain that reputation. Bro, and, and did this, you, did you happen to? And I, I can imagine perhaps that you haven't, but uh, the Matthew Markoff, he wrote a book about that uh, the cannabis disaster battle, and I he wrote a book about it. Yeah, he wrote a book. No bullshit. It's 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 a very interesting. The the story itself is very very interesting. You know yeah. that that is, you know, it's like um, it's like okay, really quick to go back to Vanilla Ice. I was gonna say earlier that I hate when people say, but you just stole Queen's music. No, it's called sampling. It's a legitimate part of hip hop. It's just that nobody to that point had made billions of dollars fucking doing the shit so when people yeah, say that, well, not you specifically not you specifically okay, well, so i'm just saying all, people no i'm sorry and it wasn't queen it was the police but to that end i mean they were like international superstars and by the way i apologize i wasn't trying to put down ice ice baby what i was saying no, was no, like, I don't think I, what I was saying was that I think it came pre-installed with a lot of appeal because a lot of people already recognized that beat, and then they were like, "Ooh, what this? What this lyricism? What are these these rhymes that this this slant-haired man is?" No, but I, I, yeah, yeah, no, I I understand exactly what you were saying, but I'm saying like people don't throw that shade at Dre, but if you listen to California Love, he literally did nothing to it. Oh, well, no, I mean, that was all Roger Troutman. It's Dre's stole. Dude, a lot of Dre's shit, a lot of these guys who are well-respected don't do anything, don't flip their samples or anything. Diddy made millions of dollars from it. Why does Vanilla Ice get the hate for it? Well, so this is what I'll say, is that he was kind of used, because when you really think about it, after that is when sampling started to really, really become popular. 
and in a sense vanilla ice kind of played the whipping boy to like well if you're making millions of dollars on it he became the whipping boy because before that remember the second beastie boys album was all stolen samples fair enough well so i also figured to a certain extent that they were paying for them but i also you know this was nah. back in the day it was a while not, the late, 80s, so. not in the fucking 80s they weren't no for no, sure so once vanilla, vanilla ice blue once vanilla ice blue they're like all right we got to get some laws in place for this shit oh no for sure but 80 million dollars but so on the topic of um cannabis um, yeah, 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 I BC, um i think yeah, i think you should play buckingham power because that I was think, like that was the most fire track in the world to me bro and it starts right is, Buck- is that way way is Buckingham isn't Buckingham Palace the first album? No, I'm almost certain that's on 2000 BC. Uh, I don't see it on here. Seriously? Ah. Oh shit! All right, well I guess I'm wrong. You're thinking the first movie. cannabis album, the the I, white maybe, I guess you're right. I could have swore that fucking that was on 2000. That was 2000 BC. It was Buckingham Palace. No. No, no, it's not. No, no so, I guess not. In that case, play Magnificent from 2000 Cannabis. You magnificent, I'm magnificent. Got it right here, baby. It's a banger. Cannabis is one of those guys who made me go, oh, fuck. I can never be this good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, no question. All right, let's, let's hear it. I love this video, too. Zigzag through a slalom, accelerate and decelerate in and out of the cones. Poisonous poems travel through Walkman headphones into your dome. Osteoporosis, your bones. Who's the nicest nigga you know in the year? Two triple low. Spit turn the icicles in midair and slit your throat. Drain your carcass dry, rip out your heart, bitch. I write rhymes using your blood for my ink cartridges. Paleo anthropologist, polish the bones of rap artists. That's how I dip in my hydrochloric waters. Can I bust it? The seams burst in perfect. Every day the earth spins, I write verses. My soul purpose is a verbalist is to make my words twist and connect them like letters when they ain't cursive i pray on them i spray on them first nigga to violate i regulate without oh my god dude right now i want to quit right now now i know right like oh man just that fucking ridiculous lyricism bro he's still putting shit out now he just put an album out not that long ago yeah, yeah, that, we'll bring that up in the news uh, segment when, when we close it up. Yo, I'm sorry, right. that name is fucking throwing me off. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> dumpster, bro. It's a classic. It's a classic. Yeah, you're it's right. Classic. Yeah, tried, tried and true. Well, so listen, because cannabis ended up being my, uh, I think it was. Number seven. That, that was my number seven. All right, so what's your number seven? My number seven is an OG of this fucking gangster rap shit. He's the first okay. gangster rapper. I think you know who the fuck I'm talking about. Ice motherfucking T. Okay, word, bet. And and a lot of people are gonna be like, what the fuck? That album out of all the albums. Not OG, not Ryan Pays, not Power. My favorite Ice T album that really fucking influenced me was his final hip hop album from 2006, just called Gangster Rap. 
That's right, man. I, you know, Ice T is one of these rappers who I'll keep a G with you. The main song that I know him from is Colors. Dead End Colors. with him and ICP. And uh-huh. no, and listen, no bullshit. It is one of the hardest tracks they ever fucking did, bro. And Ice T kills his verse. Like, ridiculous. Ice T is fucking incredibly underrated. Uh, the one thing that I hate is when, when is when I bring up Ice T to motherfuckers, and you know what they say? They say, that guy from Law and Order. I'm like, nah, that guy bro, from Law and Order. Bro, you know what nah, but listen, bro. See, that's the thing about, like, because listen, we talked about this. I follow Ice T on Twitter. I see the way he operates, like, well, I see follows me on Twitter, bro, so check your shit. I, hey, look, I, 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 yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is fucking the way that he, you know, operates and shit is just like, Ice-T made fucking music that got brought before the Supreme Court. What have yeah. you done with your life? <laughs> the Body Count is one of my all-time favorite bands. I love pretty much every Body Count record. Um, no, but look at those. Look at this album cover, bro. Pull, make this album cover bigger. It's fucking incredible. This is Coco. But oh, yeah, no, I seen that shit. No, I seen that shit. I love this cover right here. I mean, you want again, you want to know what? I really do think that Ice-T is... I mean, first of all, Ice-T is the one that brought us the art of rap. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that right, which that right there is one of the hardest hip hop documentaries ever made. But he's also underrated as a rapper. You know what I mean? Oh, I, feel right, like, I feel like a that's lot exactly, of people. But that's exactly what I'm saying is that he has always been like, bro, the fact that, and I know, you know, again, for me, you know, I'm a juggalo, so obviously it's always my cross section, but like the fact that Ice T, Ice T was in the fucking documentary about the gathering that they made in 2008. Like, okay. They featured him in that shit, and Ice T was like he brought Juggalos up on stage. Ice T is like he's that like he goes I down to the fucking dirt and the I door, get and down he does, but he'll the with the fucking he's got a fucking snack machine at his goddamn house. Here's the crazy, like, no, crazy thing. Ice motherfucker. Ice T is so fucking down. He is down with literally like any dude he could be down with any group fucking grandma's my grandma loves iced tea i oh, love yeah. iced tea law and order bro metalheads love iced tea hardcore okay. kids love iced tea gangster rappers love ice everyone loves iced tea bro yo d play either gangster rap or new life either one is cool from that because i love iced tea too. yeah iceberg 2006 been out the game for a minute you know just checking it out. To tell you the truth, most y'all niggas sound real soft, real happy. Every day niggas ask me for that gangster shit. It's a new life for me. Confessions of a ghetto nigga cursed at birth. I brought the guns to the rap game. Bitches in work. Hit your body with the pump shotty. Watch your jerk. LA, West Side, nigga, now in New York. The bird. Nothing gave out the words I say. I'm a grown man and got no fucking time to play. Step on the game once, I recoup and parlay. Slide out it for a minute, step right back in it. Why not? Y'all niggas don't rap that good. Truth is, y'all niggas ain't all that hood. You act like gangsters, but ain't got the heart to be one. I act so I know a fucking actor when I see one. Too much security, too much crew. Too much hype, nigga, not enough you. Me, they call me double OG. 
you want to know what? Even if he's not spitting the like the illest flow, he's still like he's like he is that dude. Like he is for sure for real that dude. Yeah. And so that to me, I honestly do genuinely believe that if you are that gangster, you can be a shitty rapper and it don't matter. Because who the fuck is gonna say something about it? Like yeah. I did bro, I, I I've always maintained this. And I will maintain it as long as I live that in any rap crew and in any group of people, and I will repeat this when he comes back, but in any group of, of any rap collective, any group of rappers, whoever is the, 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 the worst rapper technically, that dude is the most dangerous motherfucker in that group. And the worse of a rapper he is, the more dangerous he is. Like... I have seen that shit happen multiple times. Where like you have a dude pull up at the studio and you hear him spit and you're like, what the fuck? And then at one point you see him like adjusting his gun and then you're like, oh okay, I get it. They they keep him around for posterity. This fucking asshole. (laughs) So anyway, what I was saying just real quick is I have always maintained this for as long as I live, and I do not say that this is an indictment of Ice-T, but in any rap crew, any rap collective, any group of dudes that's rappers, if there's a dude in there that's a shitty rapper, but the crew keeps him around, that's the most dangerous motherfucker in the group, and the shittier of a rapper he is, the more dangerous he is. But you're not saying Ice-T is a shitty rapper, right? Fuck no, I'm not. I'm just saying that in his case, he is able to get off with simpler rhymes because he's just keeping shit real. Yeah. Like just straight across the plate. But well, also, I mean, he, he's got he's got some complex shit. If you go listen to the track with that Pop did with Ice T and Ice Cube, it's fucking incredible. Oh no, it, well, bro, it, 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 no, trust me. Ice T has got again, like I said, on dead end. Fucking his lyrics were ridiculous on that shit, which guaranteed he wrote that song before 2006. Like I said, you know, I've said this sometimes, and unfortunately, in a lot of cases, it ends up being like, like juggalo or underground rappers that basically don't know how to be lyrical. But the what happens sometimes is what you actually want to say, sometimes that's more important than how you say it. Sometimes you just you didn't have other words to say. You just had to say it that way. So like my thing is that again, Ice T is fucking, I mean, one of the originators realistically, considering he was one of the first to do West Coast rap. But I definitely did for that song in particular, like Again, he's like, you know, most of y'all don't rap that good. Like, it was just very over the plate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No fucking, no flowing it around. No metaphors. Nah, like, look, most of y'all don't rap that good. Most of y'all ain't that good. Like, you didn't need to fucking be, you know, rippity rap on that shit. It just yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just spitting fucking straight facts. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is I think that, but the, the, the correlation, again, and I think that there is truth to this because Ice T is for sure one of the greats, but I don't know where you'd necessarily put him in the top ten of all time if we're talking top about lyricism. I put him like top forty. 
Nah, it, oh, if we're top forty. I mean, he's in the fucking. He's in the top twenty without question. Top ten though, I'm not sure. Of gangster rap, I put him above Pac. Okay. Well, no. If you're talking just gangster rap, then okay, that's fine. He is one of the premier gangster rap. But of all rap, yeah. I mean, that that'd be a little difficult. Top top twenty for sure. Jamie Madras. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. Oh, all right. Jamie Madrox gets credit as a lyricist. For no, sure. goddamn. D just wanted to get you distracted. Number six. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, so hold on. Are we doing. If we're doing my number six, then this may end up being more overlap. I'm not sure. But okay. my number six, and I listened to this album a lot when it came out, especially because Eminem had a fucking verse on it, was Devil Without a Cause by Kid Rock. Uh, that was my fucking jam when it that, came out. Uh, I was playing that shit all the time. Especially that, because Kid Rock had, had a verse on fucking the car, on Carnival Carnage on the first fucking Junkers card. Kid Rock definitely got played for me when I was in high school. And oh, bro, when fucking Fuck Off is one of the best tracks ever. Really? But I mean, Cowboy is fantastic. Well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, when he says, I ain't Peter Pan, I don't fuck with fairies, but I bust more rhymes than virgin cherries. Oh, yeah. Well, that so, is definitely... Hold on, hold on. Kid Rock is my number two, Devil Without a Cause. Oh, uh, that's not... I knew it was in there. I didn't know if it was going to be all the way at the top, but I knew it was in there. But but since you put in the Vanilla Ice Metal shit, I immediately, my mind was... Because I didn't put Limp Bizkit in here, but if we were going... Cause I was sticking more the like straight hip hop route, except for Kid Rock. Uh, honestly, and Limp you know what my thing was with Vanilla Ice. I still kind of it was mostly a rap album. Hard to Swallow was mostly him rapping. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure on that album or somewhere around there they got fucking what's his face from. Um, Bloodhound Gang on a track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Human butt plug. <laughs> Dude, I, he's fucking ridiculous over <laughs> So, Kid Rock, uh, I actually, if you want to, if. Well, no, you want to know what? No, we can save playing Kid Rock for when we bring it to you for uh, number two. Because again, that yeah. is, you know, we can build to that. Because obviously, he's very influential to you. But so, so go ahead with your number five, and then I'll follow up on that. Okay, well, it's my number six, and my number six is my number six is a little, a little known rapper called Eminem. Like, you know, he's he's getting himself out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, he needs to work on his hustle a little more, but he'll get there. Yeah, Um, Marshall Mathers LP. Oh, that's that's my number two. I'm pretty oh, sure. And <laughs> yeah, that is my number two. No so, bullshit. So th- this actually kind of goes perfectly with the Kid Rock thing because, as uh, you know, we were poor as fuck when I was a kid. Truly white trash music right here. The, the Marshall Mathers LP and Devil Without a Cause were the anthems of white trash people. And trash, someone, trash, trash. you know, what? Ad libs, man. I'm just doing ad libs. <laughs> this is this is not a goddamn song. It's a podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> All I hear is. 
when I'm doing it. I'm like, nah, this was the one I remember when he's like, sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck. It's like, hey, Jennifer Lopez. Puff, you know this. So that's why. Sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck if this chick was my own mother. I'd still fuck her with no rubber and come inside her and have a son and a new brother at the same time and just say the name mine. What's my name? Are you kidding me? Like, the fact that he actually said that shit and then 20 years later would say, the day I admit you died to right kill or so the, whatever is like, is the day that Diddy admits that he put the hit out that got pop killed. Are you kidding me? Like, that motherfucker is willing to say anything. Here's the problem I got with Eminem, though. He is such a pussy-ass bitch now that I can't I mean, even... Is he, And is he? he sounds like a goddamn robot every time he raps, and I hate that. Um, I mean, because my my hatred of Eminem is strong, just like my hatred of Metallica. But it is only (laughs) it is is only strong because the love was so strong. Hey, look, you want to know what? I honestly, I have fallen off on listening to his shit now. I haven't listened to Eminem. I, I don't listen to Eminem anymore. I don't even go back and listen to this shit very much. But I at the time, that. at the time though, when I was fucking ten years old and I was hearing this shit, I, I was hearing when I was just a little baby boy. My mama used to tell me these crazy things. That whole oh, yeah. fucking, the whole album just blew my mind. I'm like, this is oh, crazy yeah. shit. I'm living a crazy life. This fucking goes perfect. I was about to say, fucking was it? Kim was on this album, wasn't it? Holy shit! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. For this guy. I mean, bro, you have to understand the fact that he called out ICP right as I was starting to learn about ICP. Like, or, you know, in the midst of me, you know, becoming a juggalo, the fact that this most famous fucking rapper on the earth is talking about the dudes that I, and then making a whole fucking skit about it. Like, that, like, that to me was, I, bro, I remember there were times where because I was lyrical and I fucked with Eminem, that there were jugglers that were like, fuck you. No bullshit. Yeah, but they're so open-minded. Oh, no. Well, okay, first of all, they weren't back then. <laughs> back then, they didn't give a fuck. Nowadays, juggalos are supposed to be open-mindedness, but they're still just as bad as they ever were. Here's the thing that ICP had against Eminem that not a lot of other people did. They had a great mm-hmm. sense of humor, so they could do slim anus and these funny tracks where they didn't have to be lyrical, because if they were going to okay. try to be lyrical... Okay. so here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. They did do a track called "Nothing But a Bitch Thing." And yeah, lyrics, but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no, I'm not. No, I'm not hearing nothing. Is it like Eminem type shit? Okay, no, fine. However, I'm gonna be honest, and I, I, you know, I have always maintained this. Think about the kind of lyricist that Eminem is. Think about that. First of all, okay. Now think about now think about the shit that he said about them, or think about the lyric on Marshall Mathers. He literally called them out. On the song of his name, and in that slim, a- what, what did he say? Slim anus, damn right, slim anus. Out of your fucking mind, like you two little flaming fat. He literally broke character and stopped rhyming. Is how angry he was. And then he made a fucking skit about them sucking ten kidnaps. He was upset. Like, let's be real. Oh no, no doubt, bro. But no doubt because let's keep this in focus. Nobody knew who the fuck Eminem was until the the Slim Shady LP came out. Now, well, no, barely no. anybody in Detroit knew who the fuck Eminem was. Oh no, but and here's the other funny thing about that is it's so ironic that Isham eventually adopted this massive fuck Eminem until he is dead type shit because 
I remember Isham on an album that he made had the quotes from fucking whichever song it was, or still don't give a fuck. I'm a cross between Nance and Isham and Ozzy. Like, he was throwing, like, Eminem was always trying to get. Uh, Eminem, Eminem, Eminem forgot to leave out Cage in that line, too. Well, yeah, but you want to know what? This is, I was thinking about this the other day because you brought it up. Like, was there a beef or was it just. He said the one line, Bart Cage's tape opened it and dubbed over No, there's ever, more. There's, there's much more. Oh, really? Okay, fair enough. Honestly, yeah, there, there's all kinds of uh, what do you call them? Hidden bars. So I wouldn't, because my thing is, I would have figured that the reason why that even happened in the first place is because M was trying to be like, I'm top white boy now. So, of course, any other. What? Of course not. That, that, Ad that's living, ad living, man. Ad living. No, fair enough. I can definitely, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I always, again, I always figured have that you it was ever just heard- like. Have you ever heard Infinite? Oh, of course. Okay, so Tay, that's that's Eminem in '96, okay? And then uh, at the same time, uh, a shit from it. At the same time, Stretch and Bobito, infamous. Stretch okay. and Bobito were constantly having Cage on, and Cage and Necro linked and did Agent Orange. Now you listen to. Eminem pre Agent oh, Orange. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember him saying spray Cage with Agent Orange. I remember that. You you listen to Cage. You listen to Eminem post Agent Orange. It's a whole new Eminem, and he sounds a lot like Cage. That was but that, that's what. a whole other episode. No, hey, fair <laughs> enough. I we got to because no, listen, and, and no, we do need to move along on that. But I will tell you that I remember working a warehouse job in uh, Jersey City for a while. And one of the dudes that was working there, he was playing me Stack Bundles. Like, I don't know if you know Stack Bundles. He was like part of the Max B, French Montana wave music type shit. But he was like starting to pop before a lot of other people. And before he really got on, he got murdered. I don't know exactly what happened there, but fucking like... He did, he did a lot of shit with Max B, I'm pretty sure. And again, French Montana and Max B, like, it was that, you know, like, it was on that level. But um, that same dude who played all that shit also played a lot of Cage's shit, uh, Hell's Winter shit, and uh, this one super old track, uh, Daydreams, Being a Murderer, Killer, Assassinator, Death Coordinator, Executioner. Like, the fact that I remember the hook that well is just a testament to how often he listened to that song specifically. But Cage was definitely part, I mean, if you want to be real about it, Cage was definitely part of the, like, horrorcore rap, like, renaissance. That's like, he was part of the beginning of it. He was just... He, he was doing his own thing. Cage's life was super fucked up. That's why he made fucked up. Cage movies. is almost Cage is the horror core slug. I could dig that. I could dig that, and that's actually interesting because Cage has worked with psychopathic a bunch of times. So yeah. there's that. But I actually do have a Cage album on here. But and this might be giving it away a little bit, but it's not just Cage. But um, <sighs> which but, but but for the listeners, for the listeners. Just to keep it fun, just saying that it's not only Cage means that it could be multiple different albums. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it could be anything. So um, I think you know, but they don't. Yeah. 
Um, let's go to so so my number six was your number two. Your number six was my number two. So we're on number five. All right. You want to so go? My number, number five. Yeah, go. My number five is again. I had to keep them in here because they are definitely influential to who I became. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We gotta play. Uh, play. <laughs> you never played nothing from the Shady album, bro. Oh, we didn't. Oh, my bad. We were just so into. We were so intense. I'm talking about. It. Kill you? Kill you it is. Well, you know what? No, 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 no. We'll let Matt we'll let Max Max pick this one since it's his number two, and I'll pick the Kid Rock one. So you go ahead and play it. Because we didn't play Kid Rock either. Uh, you wanna know what? I think ah uh, see Kill You was definitely it would have been uh one of my uh I'm trying to remember what other album what other songs are on there. But uh Rock Bottom, right? Rock, rock bottom, bottom, no, Rock Bottom is the same Yeah, Rock Bottom's the first album. Which that's not. I mean, Rock Bottom, it's, it's the same fucking album. You know what I mean? It's brother and sister. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, wait, no. Um, I'm back. I'm back. That's a good one. That's why they call me Slim Shady. I'm back. That's why they call me Slim Shady. I'm back. That's why. At a time, you never heard of a mind as perverted as mine. You better get rid of that nine, it ain't gonna help. What good's it gonna do against the man that strangles himself? I'm waiting for hell, like hell. Shit, I'm anxious as hell. Manson, you're safe in that cell. Be thankful it's jail. I used to be my mommy's little angel at 12. 13, I was putting shells in a gauge on the shelf. I used to get punked and bullied on my block till I cut a kitten's head off and stuck it in his kid's mailbox. I used to give a fuck, now I can give a fuck less. What do I think of success? It sucks. Too much press and stress, too much stress and press. Too upset, it's just too much mess. I guess I must just blew up quick. Grew up quick, was raised right. Whatever you say is wrong, whatever I say is right. You think of my name now whenever you say hi. Became a commodity, cause I'm WHI. Cause MTV was so friendly to me Can't wait till Kim sees me Fucking, I still think that's such a weird line Like, why the fuck was Eminem hating on Charles Manson? Like, yeah, Charles Manson sucks But, like, it's weird I love Charles Manson, I don't give a fuck Alright, number five You wanna know what? I think that I think that Charles Manson was like If he wasn't all the way racist It would've been different, but not for nothing. Interesting story. The guys that I'm about to fucking go on for my number five, uh, they were definitely on the Manson tip for the fact that they were always talking about putting a fucking axe in somebody's head. But Twisted, uh, their first album, Most Faceless, when that shit first came out, bro, to me, the reason why that album hit me so hard was because it was juggalo shit, but it was lyrical. And it had that, like, that 90s fucking like that just kind of grit and vibe that now when I look at Twisted I don't even understand how they're the same people that made this album like it's kind of crazy but Hey, I like, I like Twisted. I like Twisted Rock shit, man. Everyone shits on it, but I, I think it's awesome. honestly my thing is this: I don't think that their rock shit is inherently bad just because it's rock. All right, I'm not that guy. What I will say, however, is almost all of their newer shit I haven't really liked that much. But I did like a good amount of their post psychopathic shit. And I mean, again, bro, 
I told this story before. The way that I used to get confidence to start rapping in front of people was there was a verse on the original Most Tasteless called uh, Somebody's Dissing You. And they put it on Psychopathics from Outer Space, too. And I would rap their verses, not because I didn't have my own, because I was writing my own verses by that point. But I would spit this shit in front of people that were like gangsters or whatever, because anytime I told somebody that was hood, that was like genuinely like, like thugged out on some shit, if they found out I listened to ICP, they would just be like, oh, that's some clown ass motherfuckers that I that Eminem was shitting on. That's all anybody knew about him, and they were just, you're a clown for listening to him. So, nobody knew who Twisted was. Nobody knew who Twisted was. If they were listening to, like, you know, mainstream gangster rap in fucking 2001. And so, I was, I would spit his verse, and then start to freestyle at the end of it. Like fucking uh, what was it? Madrox is moving with the speed of the robot sonic exhaust, chronic fumes, fuel, gin and tonic. Half of the world is corrupt and alive, other half is depressed and they want to die. ISI, YSY, realize there's a kid in your face, like a minute last for your body. Like, and then people would look at that shit and you would hear me speak, like, oh, okay, no doubt, that's dope. Or whether or not they thought it was dope, they were like, oh, that shit's whack, knock it off. Which that's definitely how I, I used to do. I used to do the same shit, not with Twisted, but there was a band called Pillar, and it was a rap metal band. Okay. And no, nobody knew who they were unless you were like a, a Christian in church. Right. You know right, what I mean? right. But the, the the fucking vocalist had bars for days, and I would right. fucking go into battles in fucking seventh grade and annihilate motherfuckers with that shit. <laughs> but yo, you want to know what? For this album, because there's so many, like no bullshit. So many classics, Secondhand Smoke, Die, Motherfucker, Die, Rock the Dead. Or no, I think Rock the Dead actually came on the re-release, but... Um, Minutia. Well, no, fair enough. But one of, the, uh, one of my favorite tracks on this one that I think you should play is uh, What the Fuck. And uh, Blaze does the hook on this track, actually. And fucking... I definitely, like I said, I really do think that Twisted, their early shit is some of the best lyricism the underground has ever seen and that's why they had the impact that they did and maintained the impact with the people that still fuck with them like they still do because i mean again i'm not a twisted hater i'm just completely honest i did not follow them towards them i was never this is the twisted that i grew up on Here's what it reminds me of. If if you've ever heard Kid Rock shit before Devil Without a Cause, he has an album called Early Morning Stone Pimp, 
And it's almost like this. This almost reminds me of a West Coast, like almost G-Funk style beats. It's got that airiness to the beat. Well, that was, well, bro, that was just that one track because I'll tell you right now, most of that album was just straight up like boom bapping, like secondhand smoke. And the springiness of the beats, the, the airiness of it is very deep. All right, and, no, I would definitely give you that because I'll tell you right now, Die Motherfucking Die is exactly that. So, and that's what that's what Kid Rock shit was. I th- and I've heard Champ Town shit, and there are a lot of the D- Detroit dudes, they almost had a West Coast vibe, just like ICP had a Cypress Hill vibe for a while, right? No, for sure, no, that's verified. But that was dope. All right. Um, so what's uh, so what's your number five, man? My number five. We're about to go way the fuck off the path. Oh shit! All right, I'm with that. Uh, a little uh, known actor named Will Smith used to be a rapper. If people don't know this, and uh, it's his album, Will Smith. It's not Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince, which I love and respect. Uh, but it is Will Smith, two, 1999 album, Willennium. Okay, is that the one with getting jiggy with it and fucking Miami and now, bro, listen. Don't, don't jump, Will. Don't jump, bro. I spun the fuck out of that album. No lie. No, nope. it's the album. It's the album after, after getting jiggy with it. That that was oh, Big Willie style. Shit. Okay, see, I never really listened to that. Big Willie style. So, so first of all, Willennium, uh, ridiculous. And what a dumb fucking name, but it's so good. And it's I love really Will not that bad. I mean, when you think about it, it's really Will, is, Will is so much the fucking just. First of all, he's a ladies' man, but he's also a fucking goofball. But he's also smooth as fuck at the same time. He's also the biggest actor in the world. He was the biggest rapper in the world. Smack you know what jump. I mean? Like, and this this album was so fucking fun, dude. And, and where I got this is actually I got this from a library where I actually discovered a lot of music. That's uh, not so bad. Uh, I rented this from the library because I loved Will Smith because I loved Fresh Prince and Men in Black when I was a kid. Right. And this is the first time I ever heard his music, other than like the Men in Black song. I heard this album, and he had he had jazz Jazzy Jeff on there. He's got Bismarck. He's got. Tatiana Ali, Ashley oh, from shit. That's the song go. Who Am I? The song Who Am I fucking bangs. D Q. What are we playing? Who Am I? Or pump me up. It's up to you. But tell me beforehand so I can tell you where to go. Uh, pump, pump, oh, me pump me up. Pump me up. Go to the two fi- two minutes and fifty second mark. And this is one of those party joints with just him and Jazz. Right, okay. Round the block, back in Philly, mad the album was late. Gratitude instead of attitude for making your way. Time to retaliate against the players and hate. I was giving you time to get the last one straight. Brothers always screaming about keeping it real. Don't get no realer than the mic with your boy on the wheels. True that, y'all can run, but you can't escape. He like a man with a super S on his cape. Ha, I supremacy based on chemistry. No need for sensing me or Hennessy. Top dogs from the hood popping back to the hood. I hate to brag, but damn, I'm good. Yo, Jeff, it's been a minute since me and you ripping. Some of the old diehards think that you might have flipped. I heard some guy imply that you lost your cut. How do you respond to that, Jeff? Uh-huh. What? what? Yo, what's the rapper if his cuts don't fit, Jeff? And what's the DJ if his cuts don't hit, Jeff? Now, what's the party if the crowd don't flip? Well, we can do it all, baby. We can do it all, baby. We can do it all, baby. 
just like this. Ain't bad for a guy to smack short people. <laughs> yo, I don't think anybody listening to Willennium ever thought, hey, yo, I bet one day he's going to slap Chris Rock. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Chris Rock was famous back then, too. I bet they hung out back then. I bet they oh, cool. yeah, dude. They fucking hung out all the time. Like, there's all kinds of fucking stories with those two. It's just, Swapping you know, no one can... Island. No one can understand what the fuck it's like to be Will Smith, bro. So I, I no, find that's it, fair. It's, it's hard fair. to judge that. You know what I mean? And bro, you ever remember his wife? Was, his wife was just on TV like a month before that, talking about her fucking other dudes and forcing oh, yeah. him on the show. Bro, like, you ever seen the video he did where he's talking about like how none of this is real type shit? That was fucking crazy. Like, what like Jim Carrey's doing? That kind of I, shit, kind of, but it was I, it was like well produced. But you know, I can't, I can't. You know, people want to fucking, you know, it's Will Smith. He's got plenty of fucking haters, and uh, but I always love and respect what he did for hip hop. He's a goddamn pioneer and one of the greatest storytellers in hip hop. And if you talk to KRS One, Slick Rick, all these dudes, they said all of them say Will hung in with the best of them. Oh, a thousand percent. No, come on. That's, it is well known that Will could fucking rock the mic, and quite frankly, if he was smart, that's what he would do. He would put a fucking album out, clear the air, and then become a fucking legend again. If he was smart, that's what he would do. He wouldn't just make movies about slaves. But, so, <laughs> listen, my number four album, Yeah, I'm going to tell you what I put, but I'm calling an audible, because... I forgot to add, I forget when you brought it up, you mentioned the name, and I realized that I did not put this person in. And realistically, he is much more important to the overall who I became than Atmosphere. Because Atmosphere okay. is dope. Atmosphere is real dope. But like I said, I could not tell you the name of one song on Seven's Travels. I just remember that I listened to it so much that it very much shaped how I felt about lyrical. Is that the one with um, with uh, trying to find a balance? Yes, yes, it is. That's the song that I. That was the song that brought me in. And then there's other songs. You look like you were built for me. You talk like you want to steal my drink. You kiss like you already came. And there's a left to pull on. And there's a lot game. It's like, damn, baby. I know mean, you can't save me, but you can still tell your friends that you're leaving with the band. Maybe you can show me your hustle. Neither one of us would be so lonely if only you were come over here and hold me. But fucking great album. Great yeah. album. But realistically, the more important album to my create, to my overall um my overall growth as an artist, Necro Glory Days. Okay. Because not only was it an amazing album, but I'm nine per, 99% sure that Gory Days was the album with Dead Body Disposal. Yes. And that right there, Dead Body Disposal, I got down on Dead Body Disposal right at the exact same time that I started getting I down on I'll always love the line from that song because he's just so brutal. He goes, uh, uh, you'll be, you'll be reeking like a fag's ass. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you want to know what? That was definitely another, especially look at how young he was back in the fucking nineties. Necro did not give a fuck. He still doesn't give a fuck. He would snuff you in the face for accidentally walking past him 
and not like whatever. Like, <laughs> he was just, yeah, he was just real. look over and just punch you for literally no reason. And then look, Necro, just Necro, what are you gonna do about it? Necro, Necro, uh, 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 he's got the, he, like he says, he's got spidey senses for drama. Uh, bro, let me tell you something. In my opinion, personally, based on the kind of music that he's made, the amount of money he's made doing it over the years, and the kinds of places that he's been, bro, Necro been done seeing some shit, I guarantee it. And the idea that he's been this dude the whole fucking time. There has never been a time that Necro has not been doing Necro shit. Yeah. Like, the only thing that I will say is and here's the thing now looking back on it i realized that even whether or not he was being serious with some of the things that he was saying because sometimes he would say some shit that seems like outlandish fucking level of like yeah that's macro bro but that's kind of what i'm saying is that i really do he is unequivocally that guy and so like i just Watching him in the in the role, like I remember when I told you meeting him at that show and fucking watching him spit in front of like very few people and being being around him and Kid Joe maybe rest in peace. Excuse me, like that whole situation was just like Necro really is. Again, I well, watching that interview in fucking the no jumper one, like Necro doesn't put on for nobody. You know what I'm saying? Necro is just Necro at all fucking times. Yeah. And I just, that level of brutality when I was a kid, something about that shit spoke to me. Because I'll tell you right now, considering Class Time Horror was one of my most most well-known songs, it could be argued that the more important album was um, What's Wrong With Bill. But at the same time, Necro was like... He was doing shit way earlier than Bill professionally, I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. Uh, no, because nonfiction were, had to deal with search. Well, no, that's true, but I don't think that just because it was search means that it was happening super early on. Like, nonfiction was going on in, like, the late 2000s. Or not no. the late, in the early 2000s, I take it back. Nine, no, no, they dropped, their, they, dropped, they dropped their first single in 96. What, nonfiction? Yeah. Oh shit! Are you on the one? Fair enough. I did not know that. I I would I would admit that I was incorrect, and I did not know that. Yeah, the non the nonfiction song "Black Helicopters" that was '97, and that was a beat that Cage turned down and Eminem turned down. Oh wow, that's interesting. See again, I gotta tell you, that's really cool. I never knew that. I did not know that shit. And but even to that end, I'm still pretty sure that Necro was doing was putting shit out before Bill. Yeah, Necro's all Necro's always been getting busy since like '92 officially. I think. Absolutely. So at that point, I look at it like again, dead body disposal, especially for the fact that he used um, he used. I mean, I love the fact that the title of the album is a reference to Bruce Springsteen glory days. Oh, no, I mean, listen, the whole thing about and that's I'm pretty sure I need drugs was on this album. Like, bro. No, that was uh, the album I need drugs. Oh, it was, okay, fair enough. I thought that uh, I thought that, that song might have been on this one, but, you know, just like. But, but, but Necro's one of those guys, he doesn't have a lot of whack songs, you know what I mean? Even if you don't feel a song as much as the other one, that's about it. Like, I've never listened well, to a song by Necro and said that's whack. Never. Oh, no. Oh, well, you all know what? So this is what I'll say. I think that 
his style is so fucking aggressive, punch you in the face type shit, that just like, it's, like think about the way he records, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, like he, does, he does most of his, uh, his bars and sections because it's just constantly coming at you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even if you had perfect breath control, you wouldn't be able to fucking do lyrics like that if you didn't record the battle. Yeah, and yeah, so, exactly. Like, which is why he has Hyde as a fucking assassin of a hype man. Like, <clears throat> the fa- and not to mention Hyde is also, like, lyrically, he's very, very New York. But he's, like, he's dope. I think he's pretty underrated. But yeah, shout out Mr. Hyde. He's fucking no, dope as well. He's fucking. Mr. Hyde is cool. Nah, dude, fucking put this out, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he just put some shit out recently. I could be wrong. But he just did uh, Bonnie, Bonnie and Hyde. Fuck yeah, man. I uh, think that uh, I think that uh, on this album, if we're gonna play anything, it has to be um, fucking Dead Body Disposal. Yeah, but fast forward like a minute and a half, man. Because there's like a fucking long ass intro. There is a bit of the body. At least the first 10 or 15 seconds. Yeah, it's from the movie Snatch. Yeah. Let's talk about dead body disposal My proposal, take the corpse to the bathtub And drain the blood out of the bathtub Drip yourself new first so you don't get blood on your new shirt And cut the fucking corpse off like a butcher to me, kid And put the pieces inside trash bags Those will be reeking like a fag's ass With flesh covered in leeches And throw the bags away in various trash bins in different areas This shit's hilarious, nobody notices Some asshole taking out the garbage Who would know it's a carcass? Even if they were focusing Cause the plastic bag is dark Kid and even a nosy bitch wouldn't open it, it make no sense And if you do it just before a trash pickup The bodies hold away before it decays and stinks up It won't be noticed, but literally tons of other shit And your bag is in the middle, buried right under it Especially if you double bagged it Your victim will stay a faggot in fragments, forever stagnant Dead body disposal For those that don't know what to do after your foes are killed Shit could get messy when the blood flow spills You never know when you might need to know skills And body disposal with no frills Dead body disposal are you interested in hearing my proposal? If you are ever going to have the hardcore conversation and you're not talking about fucking dead body disposal, then you ain't having the right conversation. Well, Necro don't want to fucking be lumped in with horrorcore. Oh no, at all. but that's oh no, he doesn't have to be because he does death rap. He does his own shit, and that's kind yeah. of what I'm saying. Because well, what, what's the old saying? No god wants to be a part of what they created. Oh well, shit! But so this is what I will say about this: is that just inherently what he was doing has horrorcore tones to it. The difference is he doesn't want to be just like Suicide Boys did the same shit. Stop calling us horrorcore. They don't want to be associated with all the corny shit that is still in horrorcore. And I yeah. totally get that. And you I can't blame them at all. You know, that's why I run from it. Honestly, my thing is this. I really look at it where because I can spit the way that I can, I'm horrorcore till the doors fall off. I can do other shit, but I represent this horrorcore because guess what? In my opinion, lyrically, horrorcore, I don't know who's really coming at me to a point where I'm like, oh man. All you, all you fucking horrorcore rappers, other than the select few that can fucking rap, rap. Exactly. All right, let's go to my number four. Let's try yeah, and finish no, this please. My number four is we brought them up about six, seven times already. It's La Coca Nostra, Bet. a brand new, a brand you can trust. The is that the first album. one? Yep. Get and, out of my uh, way when I'm blasting my gun. Got ninety nine bullets, but it only takes one. This is an album 
much like my number three, that fucking, I heard it, I'm like, oh, there is a spot for rugged ass white boys in underground hip hop. Let's go. And it fucking, oh, up Which until this point, up until this point, I was all, I was rapping atmosphere style shit. I was trying to be, uh, 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 you know, I was trying to be slug, basically, trying to be, get deep within, be poetic. And yeah, not to say, not to say that, that that hardcore shit can't be poetic because I feel like yeah. there's a certain amount of poetic to what we do. You know what I mean? Oh, right. But hey, quite frankly, to me, and I know that this isn't the album you're talking about, but Malverde Market is some of the most fucking poetic gangster shit I've ever heard in my life. D play uh Bloody Sunday, and this actually features my homeboy who uh Big Left. We did an album together called Napalm Drop. Um, and he was an original member of the Coca. And right. uh, this song is fucking, I mean, it starts with Everlast saying, Bloody Sunday, Black Sabbath, the Pope's a pedophile with a drug habit. I fucking love this shit. I heard this shit, I'm like, oh my God, I'm totally. I'm not going to lie, the, the Coca song that brought me in was That's Coke. That, that brought everyone in. That brought me in too. All right, let's hear it. Now, you want to know what was my shit from this album? It was Heria. Oh, yeah, dude. Love that track. Bloody Sunday, Black Sabbath. The folks are pedophile with the drug habit. We're all clinically depressed. They got us all manic. We keep swallowing their pills so we don't fucking panic. Run for the hills. Grab your automatic. Bring your big black boots. Your fighting gloves. Cycle realms in the house screaming out. Six sides in the house screaming out. They yell back from the dead. Back at it again. It's the end. With the antigen Punk, I'll take your pistol Give it back and then You act up again You getting clapped, my friend This coke got familiar Bob alone will kill ya King Kong ain't got shit on this here gorilla Classic off the wall like Mike from Thriller A monster in the legend Elvis Godzilla We got the heat for the streets The bang for the trunk The get body blow out the back with the pop The move and the shake The move and the weight Welcome to hell The devil's here to open the gate He's such a psycho realm, bro. Psycho realm, bro. Sick jacking. Now, you want to know what? I got to tell you, working with Block McCloud ended up being kind of complicated over the years. I still got love for the guy. And basically, because not like, again, it, you know, it's been a little bit complicated, but he also put me on a track with Sick Jacking and fucking Egg Roll from Disciples of the Six. So, like, all those soulless, Everlast is soulless. You know, I almost had Everlast on my list. Whitey Ford sings the blues. And I I mean, but you want to know what? That to me is a rock album. That's a classic rock and roll album. But, but if you listen back to it, it's more of a hip hop album. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. He's spitting for sure on there. He's always been like that. But I think that he was able to be, because this is the way that I look at it. It's only been within, let's say, the last 10 years or so that hip hop albums have been received in a way that rock and roll albums were received in the sense of getting that like recognition and that thing yeah. like Whitey well, Ford Whitey Ford Sings the Blues got the recognition of a classic American rock and roll album you know what I'm saying well yeah cause it's got fucking ends and it's got what it's like and it's got those songs where it's like those are classic on the radio but then it's got well, plus bro his shit transcends so hard that they'll play fucking jump around on metal stations all the time yeah, dude, how how's the pain? Let's flash you know what I'm saying? Right, let's, 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 yeah, I got the straight up rap song. That's all. Let's do. Uh, did you do your number four? Yeah, no, my number four was Glory Days. What's your number three? So my number three, and I, I I had to do it because I have listened to this album. 
probably more than any other hip hop album ever. And that is fucking Leak Bros from Cajun Tame One Dog. Classic. I can, bro, I can rap that whole album all day. D, it's called, it's called Leak Bros. D, it's called Leak Bros. L E A K B R O S. So, and there's so many bangers for this album to say like oh let's play that song but was it the, was it this album that had ra or was that smut Peddler? no ra is not on this album smut peddlers then i think it was yeah that probably more than likely but so no this album i don't know why because they also talk about new jersey and newark all the time but like <laughs> well i know i know cage is from new york yeah and tame one i'm pretty sure is from jersey but like just this album lyrically is so it's all about it's all about angel dust right oh yes a hundred percent a whole the whole album and it's funny because when i was a kid i saw an episode of like mad tv and they made a joke about like fucking cheech and chong but instead of cheech and chong it's smoking weed they were smoking pcp and it was like you know ridiculous and goofy or whatever and I have to imagine Cajun Team One saw that same sketch because that's exactly what they did. And just, well, and Cage was Cage was that like okay, we have oh, Eminem. I'm, bro, I'm sure they were smoking PCP to the fucking nines. New Jersey, Newark, Jersey City, Elizabeth. Well, that's where you get it. Well, I mean, PCP is heavy out here, you know, in oh, LA. I actually didn't know that. And. Cage well, was that real, like he was actually doing the shit. He was like, Cage, oh, I don't know why I know it. With his childhood, but he yes, was. That's why I was saying this. Up. I said that earlier. Cage had a fucked up life. That's why he makes fucked up music. Yeah. So, what song you want to listen to? So, for this one, it's so hard to call it because there's so many are so good. But I think that. Cause I really just love that very first. I got a monkey on my back with twin gas bipolar and a headless angel laying dead on my shoulder. But I think that the, one of the great songs is uh, Give Me Some Death. If you go nuts, dust is your travel agent The bomb monster of my genre Swimming in purple rain, Minnetonka Martin Lawrence will rap practically bonkers Like Yonkers, I got locks All you need is a J-Styles and loops like Buff Tribe For this bad boy to rough ride Deny the novice's obvious recognition If you can't stand the leak, get out the kitchen Consider me different, usual suspect for missing equipment Look forward to what I record for your shipments I black out in an instant, off 2.3 seconds confessing it Denying at my waist ain't no measurement Approach with caution, the leak brother adequate habits forming So cheer the star at the end of the ball like my name was Norman Old man on the floor, robbed and bludgeoned his breath Running out, he's like, give me some death Shot with a gunshot wound to the chest Laying on the operating tables like, give me some death And a whole club of people drinking, scheming on flesh Get blown out of the building, digging In my own endeavors, I'm not right, I'm what's left And if that passion burns out, then Give me some death Church bells ringing, I'm only six My foot on my dad's chest, I'm pulling this turn to get back to fix this My skull pops out of its shell, I'm stable Circulation's cut off from the jump rope, tied to the coffee So cheer the star at the end of the bar like my name was Norman Bro, I'm trying, like, he said, like, y'all, because I got locks. All I need is something, like, I can't remember exactly what he says, like, the J-Style, something for this bad boy to rough ride. Is he saying licky, licky, licky? 
No, leech. leech oh, leech, okay. Leech, well, leech. I think like, then I'm like, yo, Scribble got licked my ass, and he's saying, licky, licky, licky. Oh, man. <laughs> no, bro. Yo, hold on. Leech. We got to clear that. People might think D said Scribble licks my ass. Let's clear whoa, that up. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, no, mas. No, gracias. But now, um, bro, the level of lyricism in that album, talking about fucking, oh, my Lord, so many fucking... So many ridiculous lyrics the whole album through. Yeah. Uh, like it with a face, like it with a pain. Remember, remember when, uh, when fucking, oh my lord. I got some hate um, from Cage fans. Uh, I put out this song called Tim Allen Coke. And um, <laughs> I that's already had- amazing. That's already <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I got uh, Gore-Tex from Nonfiction is on the song with me. And uh, I, I had a line in there. Um, my shit's still primo, but I'm hated by the fans like when Cage went emo. And I got some like blowback. Like Cage was, you know, being experimental. He was amazing. And I actually, I, I don't hate the Cage emo shit. You know what I mean? I think. No, uh, hey, listen, you want to know what? The way that I look at it is. People are obviously based it was on the just, kind it of. Was just a good, it was just a good line, and every rapper wants to experiment no, with different shit. Bro. You know what I mean? Now, the way that I look at it, with somebody like Cage, eventually you're going to have a fucking moment where you start to go inward and you start to yeah. be anything, something other than fucking pissed off. And yeah, it's just, like, it's just like me, bro. Like, if you listen to all my, like, six mixtapes before I ever released an album, and then my first album, and, and, you, and you listen to my shit now. I got a lot more depth to my shit because I had a crazy ass childhood. You know what I mean? So it gives you an, an array of shit to speak about. And you're going to, when you're, when you grow up crazy, like Paige, uh, you're going to want to fucking self-reflect, especially as you get older. So that's a fucking. Oh, no, absolutely. And bro, are you kidding me? I'll give Cage props till the fucking end for the fact that he's always been nasty on the mic, authentic about his shit. And not even just that, but well ingrained in the culture. You know, he's like best friends with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf Ooh. was apparently supposed to make a movie about him at some point, And I guess maybe that fell through. Yeah, Shia, Shia is a huge underground hip hop fan. His like number one favorite rapper of all time is Kate. Isn't that crazy? That, that is kind of crazy, for sure. Hey, listen, right. you want to know what? We're going just about to the two hour mark, which I think based on the way we did this makes sense. But... We already kind of fucking I gotta fight each other's number twos. Oh, did you do did you not do your number three? I gotta do my number three and we'll just roll through it. All right, well no, I'm saying because we already did each other's number twos. Yeah. But Uh, (laughs) hey, when you got fucking lick my ass on the screen, I gotta fucking (laughs) clarify. Lick my ass pipe. I gotta make a hundred percent, but so now, so you do your number three, and then we'll both do our number one. All right, my number three is uh, again. I heard this guy, and I'm like, rugged white boys. It's on. This is what I'm about. Right. Uh, diabolic liar and a thief. I was waiting for it. I was waiting to see where diabolic was coming in because I knew you talked about it. This album, the way this motherfucker, his wordplay was next oh, I level. When I heard this shit. Dude, it was like ridiculous. People, people are probably going to be surprised and think I would have like Vinnie Paz on my list or nonfiction because I do love and respect those guys. Ari the Rugged Man. Yeah, same. But, but the truth is, 
before Lakoka, before Diabolic, I was listening to Sage Francis and Brother Ali and right. you know a lot of Christian hip hop and shit like that. And I, I I wasn't a Jedi mind trick, but it didn't influence me to the point where when right. I heard Diabolic, I'm like, oh shit! I you know I like Immortal Technique too and shit like that, but Diabolic just fucking took it next See, level. I remember being on my mama's porch, a kid with rotten thoughts, tossing tomahawks and kids to knock him off the rocking horse. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Oh no, dude. He's fucking, and I've said this before, that not only is he one of the nastiest lyricists of all time, who has one of the most well-known verses in all of hip-hop history, but having met him twice, because again, Blocks brought him out to do shows. Really super solid, friendly, personable guy. And yeah. he's the kind of guy that, and I have so much respect for this because I've, I've been this guy, is he doesn't give a fuck how many people are on the stage. He's going to give you the performance. Like, Well, and he's just hes just mad cool. I had him on my old podcast. We'll, we'll get him on guy, this man. one. And we'll get him on this one. He, This dude, if you want I his honest opinion, if you want his honest opinion on anything, politics, oh, no, no, he don't give a fuck. No, I know. Listen, I saw him going back and forth with uh, Sarah Connor on Facebook once. It was fucking, like, watching them go back and forth was crazy because, like, I know the diabolic, like, I don't know exactly what his politics are, but I know that he's a really intelligent, well-spoken guy. And so the way that, because Sarah Connor is like, you know, again, you know, a fixture of the New York battle scene, you know, all respect for her. But the way that I've seen her talk sometimes, she can be arrogant is the word that comes to mind. But again, you know, people... Well, diabolic, diabolic also just loves getting in petty beef. Like his well, whole thing I, with him. You know what? Maybe that was part of it. I couldn't tell you. He talked. No, he talked to me about it. He said he just loved. It. He loves like egging people on and fucking, especially <laughs> if they're, especially hey, if, well, they're, if they're politically retarded, like Talib Kweli. He just. Oh loves my them. god! No, that was fucking. That's one of the reasons I got so much love for him, bro. Because Talib Kweli, you know, I do fuck with Black Star, but he's such a dick. Oh yeah. my god! Oh my god, like, dude! It's fucking so aggravating, and for the fact that. That, that he's the kind of person that really aggravates me in like the most because he tried to say that Diabolic was like an ass rapper. Like, bro, I don't give a fuck if you don't like a guy or not. Diss him on the context of his character. You and let's not let's not just because you don't like his shit. And let's not me? forget. Let, let's not forget that they had a beef back and forth and oh, Diabolic's, yeah. tra Diabolic's track is still up. Talib took his shit down. Oh, that's funny. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I remember. All right, well, I, let, let, let's. Uh, oh, D, play. Uh, I don't want to rhyme. Just uh, like uh, forty seconds of it. I remember being on my mama's porch, a kid with rotten thoughts, tossing tomahawks at kids to knock them off they rocking horse. Now I'm at war, connecting cops to electric shock treatment, and I'm not leaving till they eyes pop bleeding and hearts stop beating. The whole cop precinct thinks I should be in a padded room when they the bastards who fuck Louima in the ass with brooms. I travel through and kill the mothers of these savage goons Fill the house with gaseous fumes Lighting up a match like boom On the crime scene they'll have the cameras zoomed At every massive wound I left when I stabbed the womb with plastic spoons And now the planet's doomed
home Cause this afternoon I was pissing out the sun's flames With guns aimed at the moon Cats assume I'm cracking jokes But I ain't laughing folks I'd slash your throat for a pack of smokes If my ass is broke Stashing coke, staying cool I ain't no nervous wreck I earn respect Burning purple sets during urine tests I flirt with certain death Attacking for some fame and fortune With some raging swordsmen Torching who's on stage performing Take this chloroform and pour it on some fresh linen Gag you, have your head spinning Tied up like the tenth inning well, I remember when this came out, my boy played this for me because again, I was I've been you know down on underground shit for a while, and I had known about fucking. Uh, I love I love I, I, I love I earn respect, burning purple zest, urban urine tests. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, he said fucking. Oh man, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> slash your throat for a pack of smokes if my ass is broke. <laughs> oh my lord. Nah, so fucking fire, dude. But so, alright, well, let's so do it. Said, so, yeah, no, keeping it moving. Obviously, like I said, my number two was Marshall Mathers, but that was because the reason that I, uh, I, the, I, I, my first verse I ever wrote was technically like writing a verse to Marshall Mathers. Yeah. But, and, and real quick, real quick, we got it. We still got to play a Kid Rock song. Okay. No, you know what? You're absolutely right, but it looks like D fucking exited the chat. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't see him. This fucking I'm in the background, up. dog. I'm in the background. Bro. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, you want to know what? We'll, we'll, we'll see going forward. But no, was, so yeah, no, we definitely <laughs> need to play a. Uh, we need yeah, to play. Yeah, let's, uh, let's play. Um, should, we do the ti- should we do the title track with Josie or fucking Welcome to the Park? Oh no, definitely if they, you know, rest in peace, Joe C. We gotta, we right, gotta let's do, do uh let's do D, let's do Devil Without a Cause and go to about the 240 mark. Love this fucking song. And I just yo, it's funny because the label came to him and said, You need to cut these songs from the album because they're just bad. They said cut ball with the ball, cut cowboy, and cut only God knows why. The three biggest fucking hits. That made that shit go diamond. I didn't know that the album was diamond. I believe it though. I bro, that whole album was just like, I bow with the bar was a moment in fucking music history, whether anybody likes it or not. All right, let's hear it, D. Devil without a
The label also wanted him to take out the line, I'm going platinum, because they're like, you're going to look ridiculous. And then it sold 12 billion copies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you are willing to fucking, like, go and, you know, fucking put yourself out there like that. I mean, again, Kid Rock, Kid Rock couldn't happen again. I don't think. But at the same time, Kid Rock happened. So, and we we can do a whole episode on Kid Rock, and I we probably will. Oh, we want to know what what we should do at some point is do an episode just about Detroit hip hop in general because Detroit hip hop clearly had a lot to do. No, yeah, absolutely, but also there will be a straight up Kid Rock episode. I'm saying it now. All right, (laughs) fair enough. You're probably gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna be uh, taking point on that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I wanna, I'm gonna school you on all the early shit. You're gonna fuck, fuck. I, I fucks with it. All right, so all right. We're, we're we're getting we're down to the wire. We're doing each other. We're doing number one now. Yeah. So, um, you go. Mm-hmm. I'd rather hear what you got. I'd rather hear. All right, <laughs> my number one is a way fucking left field hit. Um, it's a rapper you've probably never heard before, but I've told you about him. Uh, he's a Christian rapper. He, he's often, back in the day, he was referred to as the Christian Eminem, which is total horse shit. Um, but, you know, you know, it was a thing in the 90s. White boys just, we had to sound dope. We had to do a higher pitch thing with our voices, a lot of us. You know what I mean? Not me specifically. I wasn't rapping in the 90s. But I'm saying, back then, you know, Cage, Eminem, KJ, a lot of these guys... They had the high pit, high register vocal, you know what I mean? So everyone would automatically assume. But this album was actually recorded uh, before Eminem even dropped. So he'd never even heard Eminem or anything like that. But this is KJ52, 7th Avenue. Okay. Uh, this album is, I literally listened, I've listened to this since I was 12 years old. And I'm not even exaggerating. I listened to this once a week, this fucking album. I can dig um, it. He's got bars for days. It's he's ridiculously good, and he he paid his dues. He was opening for Wu Tang, a tribe called Quest, in the '90s as a Christian rapper, white boy. All right, so this motherfucker <laughs> paid his dues. Um, D play um, one two three, the first song, and go to the uh, one forty mark. And we could get KJ on the show too. I had him on my other show. He's fucking mad cool, and you know oh, he's good. a great. He's a Christian and shit, and he's literally the biggest Christian rapper of all time. He wow. sold millions. Of, he sold millions of copies. Yo, it's hard to be a star when your skills ain't up to par. It's hard to push a lax when you don't even own the car. It's hard to win the battle when you can't win this war. It's hard to be a man when you don't know who you are. I stay on point just like some harpoons. Develop thoughts and work with dark moons. Taking on these cartoons. Your mind spinning like some typhoons. These martial artists flip scripts to leave you open like some gaping wounds. Call me five through this predator. My microphone's like Excalibur. Attacking y'all with metaphors. So my competitors cannot check your exit doors. Choice is yours, Jesus reigns like when it pours The Lord God, most high superior These haters lay up in this cut like bacteria I'm never fearing you, I see through exteriors I keep on scoping out these moves from interior 
stay devoted. Still checking all your motives. Thoughts loaded. Though so many times I'm misquoted. So now it's noted. These origins are resonance. So my adversaries can now make the exodus. Cause it's my nemesis escorted off the premises. There ain't no guessing this when I proceed to finish this. Five through the chemists. Heat seeking lyricists. Standing with my locust fist. Now I got you choking this. Okay. Yeah, nah, fuck with it, man. So he was not only dropping bars, but he he, he has some fucking like hot po- it's positive vibes, you know what I mean? It's and then he comes in with the lyricism like I stay on point just like some harpoons, develop thoughts in verbal dark rooms, taking on these cartoons. I mean he had everything to me and my entire style is developed around this album. And uh, right. uh people might go like what the fuck is this? But I guarantee you, you go listen to that album. There are some Jesus-y bars in there. You know what I mean? I think he even said Jesus reigns when it pours or some shit. But <laughs> if, you, if you appreciate lyricism and, and real hip-hop, like, KRS fucking stamped this album. You know what I mean? Like, this right. is an album that um, was actually released on a major Essential Records through Sony. And it only sold 30,000 copies. In 2000, that was considered a bust. So he got kicked off the label and then he, he went to an indie label i believe called uprock and became the biggest christian rapper of all time so no one had ever broken a hundred thousand in christian hip-hop and his album after this broke a hundred thousand broke another hundred thousand and then the major came back like hey uh you want to come back to our label and uh yeah. he was like nah, funny nah. how that works like, You're no, like nah, so this nah, is, i think i'm good well it's this actually is kind of funny. a cool classic because that ends up being the story of my number one, and this album was back when they were more involved in the actual industry, which, I mean, I think knowing that I'm a fucking, you know, knowing that I'm one of these folks here, that it would be obvious there would have to be an ICP album in there somewhere, and quite frankly, um, the Great Malenko is hands down the most influential album in my history because okay. first Respect. of all, that's what brought me into being a juggalo in the first is, place. Is, uh, is Toy Box on that album? No, that is on Riddlebox. Man, I was like six. I used to get this by the chick. All the kids were back and hit me with a brick. Rock, stick. It's one of the big daddy in front of my lunch brush with rock brains. No, that was definitely Riddlebox was when they were on Jive. And then the Great Malenko's when they were on Hollywood Records. Right. So after that, I think it was after the, the Amazing Jungle Brothers. Jokers, right? That's Hocus Pocus, right? Yes, correct. Which interesting story. That song actually saw a resurgence in popularity because of TikTok. People started doing TikToks with fucking that song for whatever reason. I had, I had a, not to, not to, like I've always gonna do, divert it back to me. I had a viral uh, moment on TikTok, and I wasn't even on TikTok at the time. I just made one, and I can't get more than like ten followers. But yeah. I had, a, I had a viral song that thousands of people were using uh, called "Fuck Carol Baskin" when Tiger King came out. Oh shit, that's funny. And and I found out like a month later that it was viral. <laughs> and you go to TikTok and it's thousands of videos of people dancing to it and shit. I'm like, wow, I need to get on TikTok. I'm fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no, we all need to fucking get on TikTok. But no, the Chop Chop Slide got a uh, TikTok popular for a bit too. But oh no, and In My Room, that was the really popular one. But no, I just, I gotta tell you, it's funny. I remember uh, a while ago, one of my kids uh, heard the, uh, yeah, heard Clown Dripping. Clown, 
Dripping, bitch, I'm clown. Dripping, that drips fall down. That's from uh, Yum Yum, uh, their newest album. And no, then, my kid was like, oh, wow, this is actually like, they were like, oh, this is catchy, this is good. And it's just funny that ICP has been making tracks for fucking, I mean, really since the early, early 90s, but realistically 93. That was when Carnival of Carnage came out. And to me, I genuinely believe that Jay has a lyric. I'm gonna gonna sun you on that information. You're two years late on that. I don't think that Carnival of Carnage was 91. I think it was 91, bro. And I only know that because Kid Rock. I, I mean, they were around the same mm-hmm. time, but I am, uh, you know what? I'll have to go back and look, but I am. I'm, looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking it up right now, because if I schooled you on a Juggalo moment, that's a win for me. <laughs> Man, Juggalos ain't got time to fucking deal with years and dates and shit. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Ah, fuck, we were both wrong. 92. Yeah, 92 really? 92, October 18th, 1992. But oh, it was recorded. Shit. It was recorded in '91. So technically, I went on a technicality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about dog beats? What about dog beats? Oh God, I don't even know when that came out. Let's let's just say uh, to me never. '91, '91. Dude, yeah, I was about to say '90s for sure. But um, no, honestly, man, the thing about ICP when I found them, with the, which is again the Great Malenko, they were more looked at as a metal band. And they were gay. They got popularity through the documentary, and then they got picked up by some, you know, like you know, rock and roll media, this and that. And honestly, at that point, it was just when I found it, I knew that this was like the, you know, something that I really resonated with. And I mean, just being a fan for as long as I was, um, you know, that obviously influenced how I would come to it eventually. But the fact that I ended up, you know, flying out to fucking Michigan and meeting Jay and having everything happen the way that it did, the fact that I found this album was for sure the single most influential thing in my entire career. So, I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, you want to know what? To me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, no, listen, bro. You got to understand I've been dealing with that shit since, I was, since that shit came out. You have to remember, nowadays... People are a lot more tolerant about having weird music tastes for me. Bro, it was the kind of shit where back in the day, and especially, you can be honest, I ain't mad at you. Back in the day, if you saw a kid with an ICP shirt and you weren't down with that shit, most of the time, people took that as open license to shit on that person, whoever it was. Dude, to this day, if I see a 10-year-old with an ICP shirt, I deck him right in the face. (laughs) Just right in the fucking face. Just... Right on the nose, just splattering across. You no, know, I, I I respect that. Now I don't know if I told you, you know, like in high school and shit, when I was yeah. really, really digging into underground hip hop and right. discovering Vinny Paz and all these guys, I was like, "Fuck ICP, that shit is garbage." That shit. I'm but, telling you, that's a lot of people were like that, bro. I know that. But it was ignorance, bro. And I grew out of that fucking ignorance, and I really, really learned to respect and love some songs by ICP. Yeah, but really respect the culture and what the fuck they built right no and you want to know what see that is the thing to me where just at a certain point no matter what you have to say about the music itself you have to be able to look at the culture that was built around it and just like recognize that this is like 
this was a major thing. A lot of fucking people got down on this shit. And I yeah. mean, the fact that Juggalo shit always keeps popping up in pop culture is just like, we are definitely out here. It's just that it's really so fucking zany and ridiculous that it's hard for people to quantify. So I totally get why it's uh, it's definitely a weird thing. But I mean, again, bro, I'll tell you right now. This, the, the original six Jokers cards, you know, that's like, that's my opus right there, or that's what I believe to be their opus. However, I'm not one of these new, these old school cats that thinks all the new shit is whack. Like, Can Mighty Death Pop, bro, Mighty Death Pop is a ridiculously progressive rap album. Like, and then, um, Fearless Fred Fury, bro, like, Jay is lyrical as fucking that album. A lot of people don't really uh, that I'd say, I'd say, um, no, on some real shit. I'm not saying he doesn't like that all the time, but on Fearless Fred Fury, he went fucking hard lyrically. Is that the song with, uh, is that the song with, um, or the album with, uh, I'm Wretched? No, that's Yum Yum. And by the way, I happen to love Wretched, but I love that Wretched, that is more of a co- Wretched is more of a concept track. On the uh, No, bro, I'll tell you right now. Insomniac has some of the dopest lyricism I've ever heard. Okay, so what 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 song do you want to listen to from this? All right, so from this album, I will say Boogie Woogie Woo because when I was a kid, this song used to genuinely freak me out. And is there a is there a two minute intro on it? No, no, it goes right in. But it's popular enough that they got to throw an ad on it. Oh wait, fuck! There is okay. It's not long, but there's an intro. Who do these giants think they are? White zombie? Hey, that's gonna be an interesting contest. That's right. Follow us on uh, uh, Facebook. We got a Facebook now, SM Underground Podcast. Right, and uh, follow us on Instagram. We're going to get them all. If we ain't got them yet, we'll have them soon. Not the YouTube. Not the YouTube. Not the YouTube. Yeah, we got, we got a YouTube. SM Underground. You, you're going to find us because we're fucking out here. And write us a review because reviews reviews help podcasts get up in the ranks. So everyone drops no, a oh, review. Oh, big yeah. facts. All right, bro. 